bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Thursday, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here on OTA Week with John McMullen and Jody McDonald on Birds 365. The two of us are safely ensconced in our home broadcasting studios. Johnny Mack has to venture out into that cold, cruel world with less than uh, quality air quality these days. Johnny Mac, what time are you supposed to head over to uh, Eagles Central? Uh, practice is supposed to be at 12.50. We'll see how that goes. I can't imagine they're going to practice outside. I just, you know, you've seen the Phillies canceled their game. So the air today, I'm looking at it, air quality index at 280, which is worse than yesterday at about this time. Really? It's um, actually worse? Yeah. Two two ninety four. It was. It is in my location, so we're even worse. Um, yeah, I can't imagine they're going to practice outside. Now they might go in the bubble. We'll see how they handle it, but uh, they might scrap it entirely. Who knows? I mean, I I don't think it's that important. So, um, but I do know the Eagles had a sort of uh, community thing they do every year, building a playground for the community. The players go out, the coaches go out. And they they did it yesterday, but they scaled it back. Um, they don't want the kids out in, in that kind of uh, air either. So, yeah, I mean, they're canceling real games. I can't imagine they're going to they're going to Hey, let's practice at Novacare Complex outside. I, I that's just not how the Eagles do business. So I'm waiting for that text to come through, and we'll see how they handle it. But this is the last day of, of that's the problem, right? The problem when you don't do anything, Jody, is you have this act of God, and then all of a sudden you got to get all this stuff in before everybody scatters across the country. Good luck with that today. And I, yeah. I will add this. And I think you're right, John. I think they will err on the side of caution. At most, it'll be a bubble practice today. And oh, by the way, you've been in the bubble. 
that's tight with 53 guys during the regular season when the roster is cut down. They still have 89 guys as of right now, so I don't know what they would really accomplish. Something is better than nothing, but I will tell you it would be minimal at best if they attempted to do it inside. As far as outside goes, if you're competent to the Phillies, Major League Baseball made that decision yesterday. The Phillies were told that you're not going to play the game today. Now, they may have made the same exact call themselves, but as it was announced, it was Major League Baseball that said, no, we're calling this game. We're calling it off so that you don't have to make that call for your fans. We'll go ahead and do it for you. This is up to the Eagles. Roger Goodell, I don't think, is going to come out and say, we're canceling all practices, OTAs for teams in the Northeast. So uh, I think it'll be the Eagles call. I think they'll make the call that you're referring to, which is at best inside. They're not going to venture outside and try and uh, put out of their players' health at risk. But if they wanted to, if the – I don't know, what what meter were you using to come up with? Uh, their- just my weather app on – on my phone. So, okay. Uh, uh, I, I don't even know if I have that on my phone. I don't know that I've ever downloaded that app. I couldn't tell you the air quality is at Shea McDonald. But uh, if if they chose to do it, if it drops down enough, if they've got a number to, hey, if it gets below this, we're going to go out and we're going to get a little practice in. So be it. That will be up to the Eagles because uh, the, there is no one else guiding them other than themselves on today's decision. Yeah, and I would imagine if the air quality was ten, as the higher it goes, the the uh, the the worse it is. Um, they're you know not uh, too keen about doing that much. So, I yeah, I I can't imagine they're going to practice outside. As I said, uh, but we'll see how it shakes out. I I mean, look, my my father. Uh, smoked Pall Malls unfiltered my entire life in the house. So, you know, I've been through worse than this for years. There is that matter of, of you know, tolerance and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it's bad out and there's no need to push it. And it's just not that important. I hate to break it to everybody. I, I you know, I feel like I should pretend and say, oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. Nothing they do today is going to matter to the 2023 uh, season. It's just not. I, I, I hate to break it to people. but uh, You're going to have to break it to me because I disagree with you. Does it matter a lot? Do I think the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in the last 10 seconds because they didn't do as much work in June as the Kansas City Chiefs did? No, of course I don't. But if you didn't think it had any effect whatsoever, zero effect. Well, then why would you even bother doing it? Why? Why would you bring together the guys in June? You just inertia. I think up, we're getting closer up in to July. The point. I think we're getting closer to the point they are going to show up in July. To tell you the truth, and you know, if if you had teams in order, you know, Philadelphia might be first in that that group of advocating for that. Um, you know, the Eagles would argue that their health and, and, and by the way, they're cognizant. Howie Roseman has mentioned a couple times already cognizant of, of, they don't want to use that term, but the luck aspect of, of the health part of it. But they do think, you know, again, it's a cost benefit. Now I'm not saying it. I, I think, 
you know, if you went to the old school approach where teams got to prepare and they had more opportunities to prepare under the CBA, it's a different conversation. But we're not we're not in that era. We're we're where you are, 10 OTA practices, no contact whatsoever, three potential mandatory mini con uh, uh, mini camp practices, no contact whatsoever. They're not playing football. So I think where you're going and correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, I would have a different sentiment if they were allowed to practice, but they're not allowed to practice football. So I don't think it has any effect. And, and, and basically when you talk about the Eagles, it's it's a cost benefit. It's a cost benefit for everybody, and their their cost benefit, and they've come to the conclusion is, well, I'm not. I forget somebody tore their ACL a couple of days ago. I think on the Falcons, but I'll double check in the break. You have these non-contact injuries, and that might happen in July, and that might happen in August, and that might happen in September. But if they're not on the field, they're not going to get hurt. And and it's just a mentality. It doesn't make any difference, but it feels a little bit better if you lose somebody in something that matters versus something that doesn't, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So there if you, you lose somebody in, in, in June doing nothing, it just feels worse than it does if you're really practicing, if you're really preparing, or if you're playing. It just, at least he lost for, you know, you're trying to accomplish something. In June, it just, it, you have an empty feeling. Yeah, That's you, my opinion. You, you and I do see this pretty much completely the opposite. Um, when the entire National Football League, not just the Philadelphia Eagles, decide, yeah, we're doing away with everything until training camp. Nobody is expected to show up till training camp because John McMullen says we're actually doing nothing. No, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, the Eagles may think it would be an okay idea, but I don't think the National Football League will. Uh, so I don't think it's going to go away. And yeah, the way that I look at it is in June, because you're doing less, you're putting yourself less at risk. The guys aren't actually contacting each other, whereas you got 90 guys, somebody's trying to make a team. He might say, I really need to lay the wood here to show that I am an aggressive player and I'm not afraid of a yeah, you've got a better chance for injury back in the old days when they uh before they ever showed up for camp. Yeah, they actually hit. If you're not gonna have hitting, well then yeah, the more the better the more you get in, the better. The Eagles, as you just pointed out. 10 practices, upwards of 10 practices under the CBA, they're using six. I would try and reek out every little thing that I could from this non-hitting time where every time you step on the field, there's risk, but there's less risk here than there is come training camp, certainly when the games start. I would try and make the most of it, not continue to scale back the way the Eagles do. Now, they did it last year and they went to the Super Bowl, so they've got a leg to stand on at eight. Less is more. We proved that less is more. We'll see if luck plays into it this year, and luck isn't as uh, on their side as last was. But 
uh, yeah, I do believe that uh, getting whatever. Well, let me, because I get in trouble because I don't explain things. I'm not by any stretch of the imagination. Am I saying the Eagles and everybody else in the NFL is going to go stop after the Super Bowl and show up in July? The the meetings and the and the indoctrination and 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 the learning and the teaching is a real thing, and that is important. I'm talking about the on-field stuff and right. I'm talking about practice and I'm talking about, you know, I'm not talking about conditioning and things like that. You want people in the building for structure if it, for anything else. There's all these intangible things. You want young players in the building to try to start to learn to become professionals. But if you're not practicing, you're not practicing. And they're not practicing. They're not practicing football. Like there's a bunch of guys, like I say, if you're going to take anything from these OTAs, it's got to be with the with the seven-on-seven seven people, the quarterbacks throwing to the wide receivers, the cornerbacks covering, and even that, they're not allowed to press cover. You know, you, you even take away some goofy stuff from that standpoint. Um, you got to play off cover. You got to play zone. You can't practice. So if you can't practice, you can't practice. And, and, and that's all I'm trying to say. None of this is football practice. And when you're talking about offensive linemen and you're talking about running backs and you're talking about uh, uh, defensive linemen, and even, you know, somebody asked me, you know, what's Ben Van Sumeran look like on, on Twitter the other day? And I'm like, he's wearing whatever he's wearing, the jersey. That's all I can tell you. He's a linebacker. He's a special teams player. I won't be able to see what he can do until he gets the pads on uh, in the summer. I mean, there, there, there are certain like, you know, Britain Cubby looked more, I say all the time, look quicker. You can see the athleticism of the wide receivers, the cornerbacks. You can see all that kind of stuff. Um, they're not practicing football, Jody. I don't know what it is. If we go to seven on seven, Maybe it'll have some, uh, if we go to flag football seven on seven, maybe it'll have some impact. They're not practicing professional football because, and this is not only the Eagles, this is everybody that takes advantage of, of the 10 practices and the three minicamp days. They're not practicing football because they're not allowed to practice football. Now, some people push the, the envelope and they do do some things. And we see John Harbaugh specifically and uh, some other teams get Seattle, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, New England, Bill Belichick, kind of old school guys, right? Pushing the envelope too far and they get hammered. Left on the get, wrist, yeah. Yeah. They get uh, fined. Uh, they get uh, OTA practices taken away. And from their standpoint, it's like, all right, take one away. If you take one away where we do nothing, I guess that's better if we we break the rules and do something. That's sort of their mentality. Right, but my so only let, point let, is if you can't practice football, you can't practice football. Let me ask you a question. Uh, and Martin Frank is going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. If what the Eagles have done the last couple of days, today aside, because we don't know if it's even going to happen because of air quality here in town, but what they've done when gathered the last uh, three days last week and two days this week, if it's not practice, what would you call it? Uh, uh, I don't know. Activity. <laughs> okay. um, that's what then, it's then, called, right? Then I uh, will use your word. I think the Eagles are doing less activity than they could or should. 
If they're not practicing, and I, I understood your whole speech, and it made sense. If here's what we know as practice, here's what we define as practice once camp starts, what they're, and they're not doing that now, so you can't call it practice. Okay, you're right. Well, then what are they doing now? They're not even doing activities. They're doing well, they're doing, they are doing activities, else. though. And by the way, it's called off full activities as compared to other teams in the National Football League. They're not taking full, uh, they're not taking full advantage of acti activity period. I, I, I maintain they are, but they're not doing it in front of the cameras, which they like. Um, you know, to be honest, they like to keep people like, and I see Martin Frank in the green room, people like Martin Frank away as much as possible uh, because they have this, which is goofy. I'll be the first in line to say this CIA like mentality of, you know, you, you hear Nick Sirianni talk about it. We have an advantage. He said when he got here as a rookie coach, nobody knows what we're going to do. We, we have an advantage. He said it was Sean Desai. Um, we're going to be a little bit different. Nobody knows what he's going to be versus what we were. That's a little bit of advantage. He takes this stuff way too seriously. I'll be the first um, in line to say that. But they've been training. They've been training for six weeks and doing the conditioning and that aspect of it. Um, they just don't open it up like other teams. Which is yeah, sucks I, for people did, like did I, it sucks I, for people like me and Martin, but it sucks for fans because they don't get the information because we're not there. Did I uh, miss the fine that Nick Sirianni got for doing too much uh, closed door, which you can't see, but the players, if they wanted to, could report to the uh, players union, as has happened in Seattle and New England. Uh, did the Eagles get a fine on that one? Did they? Did or well, did they? Keep, did a, they CIA like keep that under wraps from you, John McMullen? Nobody's gotten a fine for doing what they're not supposed to do this year. New England got fined for screwing up the schedule. As far as contact, uh, uh, Harbaugh's been fined in the past for that. Carroll's been fined in the past for that. The Patriots, I believe, have been fined in the past for that. That has not happened to this year. Now. Maybe it does happen. Maybe people are pushing the envelope in other situations. But, you know, then you default back. Well, there's only two Super Bowl teams, and they're one of the ones that made it. Um, so they're not getting some huge advantage by breaking the rules for one day. And, oh, by the way, getting OTAs taken away because of it. So that happened in years past. Under the current rules, they do what you're allowed to do, and they maximize – the John, way they do it. Let's at least go here. How many practices were they allowed to have? How many, excuse me, how many activity sessions were they allowed to have? 13. How many are they having? Six. I rest my case. I, they, the conversation's over and done with. They're doing less. You can't even begin to say they're doing what they're doing it under the cover of darkness and not allowing the media. No, in. that's not and what it, I said. They're I doing said. They're using half of the allotted amount of times that they could have these activities. They they have six weeks of OTAs, six weeks, and for conditioning, and and training, and weight room, and getting guys ready. That's what I'm talking about. That's what they're doing. That's what they're taking advantage of. The 13 practices that they're allowed to have that were cut down to six. Call them activity sessions. I'm, 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 claiming, really practices. 
I what I'm saying is they're not important because you're not practicing. You're just going out there and you're showing off. Well, and you're why, you're, you're why do they do why do they do the six to none? Well, I I think eventually they're going to get to that point. To be honest, well, they can get there now if they so choose. There, there's no league rule that no, says there you are must get together. Rules. For activity, uh, there are session. there are there are league rules as far as media access, which unfortunately, from their standpoint, they have to adhere to. There are league rules you have to adhere to. You have to open you have to have, open up one day for each session of OTAs or each section of mandatory work. If you you have to, by the way, mandatory work, you have to open up every single practice. Which is one of the reasons, but you don't they have did to away have with it. it, right? Yeah, yes. Which is the biggest reason, by the way, why they did away with it. But I know we got to get to break, and we got to get to Martin. He's waiting. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. They're not practicing. So if they're not practicing, who cares? That's all I'm saying. Okay, and I, I'm raising my hand and say I care. All right, Martin Frank cares too. He's got a good attitude, and we're bringing him up next. Martin Frank joins us here at Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We got you guys here on Birds 365, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We get to talk to our buddy Martin Frank today, who John will get to see later on this afternoon. Uh, Martin, perchance, will you get more than just Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts because the Eagles will cancel activity session today because of air quality and guys are just sitting around. They say, well, go talk to Martin Frank. Hey, we gave you up from uh, activities the least you can do is go in and entertain Martin Frank. Any chance you get added Martin Frank Entertainment today? Oh, I'd be I'd be thrilled if that were the case, but uh, I'm not I'm not holding my breath and probably holding my breath. Oh, anyway. funny from you, Martin Frank. I love it. Yeah. yeah, if you stake out cheerleaders, you might have a better shot, Martin. When the when <laughs> when when the car starts streaming out, you might have a better shot of, yeah. of, of catching yeah, somebody maybe, that way. Maybe Nelson will be there again. <laughs> um, odds, the Eagles are outside today. I'm going zero point zero two percent. Yeah, I, I would say the odds are probably better they bang it all together as opposed to practicing inside. I mean, I think that would be kind of a waste of time anyway. You can't really yeah. do much with 90 guys in the bubble. Yeah. Um, now, so you're saying the odds are they just cancel it, scrap it completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, you know, I think they'll try to do stuff in the bubble. Um just to, for a PR standpoint, just to get some video for the websites and not for us, but yeah. just, just to, I mean, it is important. Jody and I, I don't know how much you heard, but I, I don't see much value in the way they do off season activities. Now they don't even do team drills. Um, it's all seven on seven. And by the way, Nick said at one point, like, why am I going to have, you know, Kelsey and Mylotta and Lane standing there. I mean, why, why are they standing on the field? You, yeah. you can't do anything anyway if you're an offensive, defensive lineman. So I get that part of it. But when you do signal, and if they cancel today, as Jody was mentioning, that would cut from six out of a potential 13 offseason activity practices um, down to five. What message does that send to you? Um, well, it sends a message that, I mean, that's how they did it last year too, isn't it? Um, you know, and, and this year they're coming off the Super Bowl, so they played like into, you know, the middle of February. Yeah. But like last year when they did it, they were done in the first round, so they were done like in mid-January. And I think that's just like how they want to do it. Like, you know – the, uh, the OTAs are voluntary, um, and I think as as a way for Nick Sirianni to get most of the veterans to show up, you know, they came to this, uh, I'd say, arrangement, you know, where, hey, you know, we won't do a mandatory minicamp, but we're going to do the, these, and we're only going to do two weeks of OTAs, you know, but you guys show up for that. We'll have six sessions and then you guys get an extra week of vacation. And, you know, I think it was kind of a compromise because in the past. But know, I agree, know. Martin, but let me just throw this in. Mm-hmm. When, when they made that compromise, that was rookie. Who the hell is Nick Sirianni coach? 
now this is Super Bowl Nick Sirianni. Mm-hmm. Can't it doesn't he have a little bit more cachet now to, to say? And by the way, if guys like Fletcher don't want to show up, who cares anyway? But right. if you have Jalen Carter there and the younger players, why not why not take advantage of that with the younger players? Or yeah, you could. Yeah. I mean you could, but you also want guys like Fletcher there to kind of like show these guys like this is what it's gonna take. And stuff like that. You don't want it just to be all all young guys there, um, because who, where are they going to learn? How are they going to learn? Um, having guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Kelsey and Lane and you know even Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard. I mean, that's a, that's big for the younger guys. You don't want to have just like two weeks or three weeks of rookie minicamp basically because. You know that doesn't accomplish much either because you don't adjust to the, you don't adjust to the culture of the NFL, the culture of the team, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think they're creatures of habit. You know, when when Nick first worked out that kind of deal, it was his rookie year in in twenty twenty one, and you know, Fletcher Cox isn't gonna say, hey, yeah, I'm gonna show up for extra weeks of workouts with with this rookie head coach who's never been a head coach before. I mean. do it that way and it worked i mean you can't argue with the results they made the playoffs in his first year they made the super bowl this year so why why change it like why make them work harder you know when when they've already shown they can time out philadelphia work harder extra no it was what it was the eagles subtracted there was no addition there wasn't more it was what it was under doug piatelli left and then the Eagles said, all right, we'll do even less. So you'll accept this no-name rookie head coach. Does that so, balance the scales for you guys? At no point did they ever say, we're going to do more. It was just, do we keep it where it was, or do we have to, to appease the players, back it off and ask them to do less? Well, let me ask you this. I mean, if, if they would have had the full 13 practices last year would they have won the super bowl instead of losing the super maybe bowl? I mean, there is they were that much of a difference were we're about, no like it you know, the end of may and early no. june you know the season's still three months away no well, no i'm here, yeah. yeah all right i'll I'm, let I'm, you ask the question so i'm going to answer it there were two massive communication breakdowns in the fourth quarter defensively yep. of the secondary <laughs> of the Philadelphia Eagles. If they'd spent a little more time together over the course of seven months, maybe there's not that communication breakdown. Yeah. So Jonathan Gannon on June seventh, twenty twenty two, missed a yeah. chance. To, I'm not, I'm gonna I'm gonna say shenanigans. And this is one of my problems with the fans going off on Gannon that, that, that the empirical evidence through 19 and a half games was again, the Eagles communicated better in the secondary than anybody else um, who runs the same type of defensive scheme, the Fangio scheme, which there's a bunch of teams that do it and they communicated better than anybody else. And yeah, I'm going to call shenanigans on they would have been better prepared and if, if they did more work on June. They were prepared better than anyone else, and they and they made mistakes. That happens in football. People make mistakes. I you know there's a great Bill Parcells quote about you know you always hear coaches say 
um, alignment and assignment, alignment and assignment. He, he said, nothing loses more games than making mistakes in alignment and assignment. And he's right. I mean, but they, they played 19 and a half games before they crapped the bed. I, you know, at some point you got to look at the players and go, what the, what, what are you doing? You know how to handle this. What are you doing? But that's not what fans do. When things go well, players are great. When things go poorly, ah, the coach is an coach idiot. Screwed up. Yep. That's that's the way it is. It's never going to change. It's never going to change because they don't. They want to love the players, but occasionally players make mistakes, and it's not necessarily because they haven't been prepared well. Um, sometimes. You know, it's a difficult game to play, but I'm not going down that route that if they worked more in June, they would have won the Super Bowl. But I will ask you this, Martin. Now that the toothpaste is out of the tube, so to speak, if things don't go well this year, because there's tremendously high expectations, um, and if they end up as a I don't, I don't think there's any way they're not going to be a good team. But if they end up as a good but not great team and they're, say, one and done in the playoffs, something really disappointing, can they even put it, the toothpaste back in the tube? Could they say, oh, we're going to work 13 days the next year? Could they, could they even do that at this point? Or is it is the horse out of the barn? It, I guess it depends on who comes back. I mean – you know, if you're looking at this as the final go around for Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Kelsey, um, yeah, they could probably put the toothpaste back in the tube because um, you got like a, a kind of a younger team, a brand new team, so to speak. So, you know, you can kind of reset that culture and everything like that. But, you know, if, if you have, if they don't do as well this year and, you know, those guys come back. Yes, it would be hard to do it, but I, I, I mean, those guys are all on one-year contracts anyway. So, I think, I think they look at it as the last go-around with this group. Um, as far as like the guys, you know, the four guys I mentioned in that regard. Here's the reason why they could do it: very simply, uh, regular season uh, injury report, rest. Well, guess what? Whatever practices you have, Jason Kelsey need rest. Elaine Johnson, rest. Brandon Graham comes back, rest. Yeah. And if somebody's got a problem with it, then you put that on your coaching staff. Listen, you got to keep the rest of these guys in line. You, you need to be able to explain to them, listen, these guys are historically great Eagles. They've got a resume. You don't have it. It's not that we're being hard on you. We're being easy on them because, my God, have they earned it. You haven't earned it yet in Eagle Green. So, Come on, let's get out there and have activities since we're not calling it practice. Yeah, oh, they could do that quite easily. I, yeah. You need to have a specific coach to do it. I think Sirianni could pull that off with no problem. Right, and and that's the thing. I mean, it's not like he's going to become Andy Reid overnight and have, like, those wicked hard two-a-days that he did in training camp. I mean, not even allowed when they do, training, no. even right. when they do even. training camp, like, they only practice an hour and a half at the most yeah. anyway. I mean, and yeah. it's one practice, you know, and then they do the walkthrough. So, you know, it's not like, you know, if things go sour this year, he's all of a sudden going to turn into a drill sergeant and run them like crazy and no. stuff like that. I mean, 
you know. But, it, it, but here's my here, here's my only point, guys, is, you know, you're right about the Kelsey's and Graham's and Cox's. Um, they're on one-year deals. Maybe they move on. Um, but guess what? The guys are already here. The AJ's, the Devontae's, the Dallas Goddard's, the Slay's, the Bradbury's. They're used to it now, too. And they're they just replace them as the leaders of the team. And they're like, no, we already did it this way. You're going to have the same problem. That's why I'm saying it's not going to be as easy. If you want to wake up one day and say, hey, we're back to normal. I don't think it's going to go over that well. You're going to have yeah. the same problem with the voluntary work with the stars. They might not yeah, show up. I mean, my, my point is like, you know, Nick wasn't like driving them, you know, driving them like a drill sergeant anyway. I mean, no, so, no. so what they have the three extra spring practices that last an hour. I mean, he's only practicing for an hour anyway. Um, so they do the 13 instead of the six or they do the 10 instead of the six. I mean, I don't think it's going to, you know, and maybe Slay and AJ Brown stay away for like two or three of those because it's voluntary. You know, I mean, it's six of one and a half dozen of the other. I mean, they'll figure out a way to get the work done. I mean, it's not like he's going to, like, you know, change his person. You know, Nick's not going to change his personality and, and, you know, become this hard, hard edge coach or anything like that. I mean, I think, you know, you can tweak things here and there, but it's not going to be like anything drastic. And if Slay needs days off, you bring out the birth certificate, show that he's 30. Uh, somebody's got a problem. Devontae Smith's got a problem with it. Hey, Devontae, when you're still an ego, you get the 30. You're going to get off too. Right, Again, right. I have faith that Nick Sirianni will be able to work his way through those minds if he so chooses. I don't think the Eagles going to choose that. I think that their right. mindset is tubes out of toothpaste, screw it. Even if they get one and done in this year's playoffs, I don't think they're going backwards. But uh, I would like to see it at least. All right, Martin, here's my question for you. Since John always reminds me this is disrespect season, <laughs> was Jalen Hurts disrespected yesterday by not being given the cover of the Madden game for 2023? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Is it? But isn't it a curse if, if you're on the cover? Yeah, like, it, curse. It, it was up until they put Patrick Mahomes on it two of the last four years, and it does, yeah. doesn't seem to have any ill effects on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen's a good quarterback and everything like that. But By the way, uh, isn't Mahomes disrespected? I mean, he's the MVP. You got to go with him again, right? Um, yeah. You, before you get to the disrespect of Hurts, you got to get to the disrespect yeah, but, of Patrick Mahomes. Okay, if you're looking historically, they uh, tried forever to just get a new guy on the Madden cover every single year. They didn't like repeaters. Mahomes was so great, they had to break their own rules to put him on it again. So now they're going to put him put him on the third time in five years. That wasn't happening. Yeah, I don't know if I'm if I'm the Madden people, I, I would have gone with the guy who led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, like. Ran, you know, ran for seven hundred. It sounds like yards. disrespect, doesn't it, John? Martin Frank's telling us Jalen Hurts got disrespected. Yeah. Did you, yesterday, yeah. John John McMullen tried to tell me that Justin Herbert was better than uh, Josh Allen. So I, he, I you, said you have to believe that. Yeah, I'm, I I don't like the way Josh Allen turns the football over. He makes yeah, too many he, mistakes. He 
I don't think I didn't think he had a great year last year. I mean, he's, he's got tremendous talent. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I think he makes too many mistakes. He's a little bit too reckless. And when you're talking, still a top five quarterback. I mean, sure. I, I I I don't think that's tremendous disrespect. Then it becomes what kind of flavor do you like? And I like I'm unabashedly a Justin Herbert fan. I think he's great. I don't love his situation. I don't love his coach. But I think he's a great quarterback. Um, and I think that will unveil itself in the coming seasons. But we'll see. That's why everybody has it. Joe Burrow. I mean, Jalen Hurts was a runner-up to the MVP. But if I'm being honest, I think Joe Burrow's better. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll get in trouble for that. But I think okay. he's a better quarterback. Um, so, and everybody else has their own opinion. Chris Sims says he's number seven. Martin yeah. Frank says he's number go. I'd say number three or four. Number three or four. The, that is not disrespectful. He's definitely a top five. I, I thought if, if Jalen Hurts wanted to feel disrespected, he should feel disrespected about being number seven in that, in that poll behind. I think it was Lamar Jackson at five and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence at yeah. six. That's what a lot Trevor of projection with Trevor Lawrence, who I love. I mean, we, a, saw, a player. we saw Trevor Lawrence last year. He turned the ball over four times. Yeah. 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 In Philadelphia. It's bad weather, mm -hmm. though, Martin. Bad weather. Uh, yeah. Even Jalen turned it over in that game. He had a pick six, uh, which is rare. That was a bad weather game. Now, I agree. It's silly to put Trevor Lawrence. He's got tremendous potential, but it's silly. Uh, but you can tell it's the off season, so I'm gonna I'm gonna anger more people. Um, we 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 talked about the schedule. Now, I do not believe. I believe he has been convinced. I believe he has been open minded. But I think if we're up to Nick Sirianni. The Eagles would be using their 13 practices um, completely up to Nick Sirianni. He's the most competitive guy in the world, as you know, Martin. You know, he wants to shoot baskets. He wants to do this. He wants to pick up stuff off the field quicker than uh, his little assistant. Um, he's a wacko when it comes to competition, which is a good thing. Um He's now, as I kind of mentioned, he's no longer that rookie unknown coach. He's now a star in the coaching profession. We saw this with Doug Peterson. You don't have tremendous autonomy in Philadelphia as a head coach. You got to deal with Howie Roseman. You even got to deal with Jeffrey Lurie, even if it's only been three times when he comes down and says, hey, we're going to pick Russell Wilson, or we're going to pick Lane Johnson, or we're going to pick Jordan Mailata. You have some other chefs in, in, in the kitchen, so to speak. We saw it with Doug and his coaching staff. Are we going to see Nick Sirianni, if he continues to have success, push for more power? Mm. That's, a, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of got the sense that you know, he, he doesn't clash with, with Howie or Jeffrey the way maybe Doug did. I think when Doug came in, you know, they pretty much said, Jim Schwartz is your defensive coordinator. 
Um, they pretty much said, you know, well, they already we're going to go and figure out a way to get Carson Wentz as a quarterback. You know, when, when Nick came in, I mean, he hired two guys who didn't really have any experience as coordinators. And well, I guess Shane Steichen did briefly Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. And it worked. I mean, they let him do it, which I was kind of stunned. Yeah, but with. They... didn't didn't. Yeah, Jonathan. It's been well reported that uh, Jonathan Gannon was going. Jonathan to was in place. Before, no matter who the hell was yeah. the head coach. Before oh, is that right? All right, yeah. maybe um, he was going. He was going to be the defensive coordinator for Josh McDaniels as well. Now it happened to work out because um, Nick was friends with with. Uh, JG and they coached together so it worked out perfectly and he had no issues with it yeah. but JG was in place before um, before Nick not that it mattered because he would have hired him anyway so right. um, but just for the record he was in place before um, and, right. and but he's very close with Shane Steichen but there were other guys Martin like like he had to keep stout, which is not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, how we went out and found Brian Johnson and he got to interview him. So how he kind of finds these candidates and then Nick interviews them and um, decides whether he wants to hire them. Um, so everything has worked out to date, but I'm just saying if, 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 if they go to the Super Bowl again or, if they win the Super Bowl and they start saying, I want so-and-so in the draft, or I, I, I don't know, maybe this guy's a better assistant coach. Is Nick just going to go along or is he going to push? Because the history of coaches is they push for more yeah. power as more successful that they are. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, <laughs> I'm not really sure how to answer that. I mean, you know, Nick could get to the point where like, hey, I've been to the Super Bowl two years in a row. I should get more say in who we're bringing in and stuff. Or, you know, maybe he's like, you know, I like the way this is working. Let's keep it going. I mean, it's, you know, I think that's kind of the thing. Like, you know, I, I go back to Andy Reid. When he first got the job, he's kind of a similar situation as Nick Sirianni, never been a head coach before, probably about 40 years old at the time, I think. And, you know, as time went on and he kept going back to the NFC Championship game, he would get more and more power till eventually, I think it was Tom Heckert got squeezed out. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I can't see Howie Roseman getting squeezed out because he's Jeffrey Lurie's guy and he's been there for 12, 13 years, but. You know, I mean, you you need to be making the Super Bowl for more than like one or two years in a row before you get into a situation like that. I mean, Howie's firmly entrenched as, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's general manager and everything. And I think uh, I don't think Nick Sirianni has the clout. And I think Nick Sirianni knows he doesn't have the clout to kind of like pull off a power play the way Chip Kelly tried to do in 2015. Um I think we all saw how that turned out. So um, I think we're still quite a few years away from Nick Sirianni having that kind of power to do anything like that. All right. The Eagles made a major step up last year from the year before 
getting into the playoffs, grabbing a wild card, going down, and unfortunately having it handed to them in Tampa Bay to tied with 10 seconds to go in the Super Bowl. That's a major step up from where they were to where they got to. Two key cogs in that major improvement were the improvement of Jalen Hurts from where he was. Johnny, whatever you and I kind of agreed to. Middle of the pack quarterback. Middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah. 15, 16, 17, 18. That's where you probably would have ranked him after the season that he had two years ago. Well, now you and I have him at number two or three. If you want to put Burrow out in front of him, fine. He's number three. That's fine. Um, so that's a massive. You don't just you don't move up the quarterback ranking that much in one season the way that Jalen Hurts did. And the other thing, of course, was the pressure that the defensive line was able to get 70 sacks. John and I are both already on record. 70 sacks this year, not happening. They're not getting back to seven. Good luck getting 70 again. Uh, just not happening this year with this team. Right. So here's my question for you, Martin. If Jalen Hurts, as per where he sits right now, what he's done, what he's achieved, percentage chance he gets better. He actually has a better season this year than he did last year as compared to percentage chance that he regresses, that he's not quite as good as he was last year. Doesn't have to be a massive regression, but just, yeah, you can't say he was as good in 2023 as he was in 22. What's the percentage breakdown of improved Jalen Hurts or slightly right. lesser Jalen Hurts this year? Oh, I think it's 70-30 he gets better. Um, wow. Really? He's not even for, he's not so you think the Eagles can get 75 sacks this year? Oh, wait, you're talking about Hurts? Or <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're very comparable. That the improvement that Jalen Hurts showed from one year to the other is pretty equivalent to the improvement that the Eagles defensive line went from, what were they, like 28th in sacks? To, they, to were, one in sacks? they were 31st in Jesus. sacks. Yeah, 31st yeah. in number one. Maybe I'm not understanding your question. I mean, I, I if you're asking if, if I think Jalen Hurts is going to be better than he was this year, yeah, I think he wow. is. Wow. Right. That's good. That's a good yeah. optimistic attitude out of you, Mark. Yeah. Uh, now, here's Martin. my concern. I think he, and I mentioned this before, Martin, um, Jalen's gotten better every year in his career, dating back to college. Even when he got benched, he got better that season. Um, mm -hmm. Alabama was just so good. And obviously they have five-star guys up and down the roster. Um, they felt it wasn't good enough. Um, but he's gotten better. You rarely see somebody get better, get better, get better, get better, get better, get better. And there's no hiccups along the way. But I think he can get better, but the numbers will come down. Maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's the harder schedule. So in other words, like I think the Eagles could be a better team next year, but they're not winning 14 games because the schedule's tougher. Right. Um, I think Jalen Hurts can be a better quarterback, but maybe the numbers aren't as good. And then it becomes, you know, people are saying he's not doing this, he's not doing that, then the expectations. Um, so does it matter, the numbers, if he keeps getting better as a player? Um, actually, I, I think his numbers could get better. I mean, 
I think he could throw for over 4,000 yards this year. I mean, if you have Dallas Goddard for the whole season, if you have A.J. Brown, you know, Goddard missed like, what, five games last five year? Five games, yeah. And, you know, the replacement was, what, Jack Stahl, um, you know, or they had to use Quez Watkins as a three number three receiver. So, I mean, I think if those guys stay healthy, I think he could surpass 4,000 yards. I think his stats can be better. I think he could run for like – 800 900 yards Ooh, um, wow we're talking yeah. mvp level <laughs> call me crazy now but... give me 15 touchdowns on the ground Oof. yeah Oof. maybe i mean yeah. i think trend. i don't think he's he's maxed out at all um you know he's going to be 25 in in august so you know he's he can get better i mean i don't see why he can't have better stats i mean yes the competition is going to be tougher I mean, they have that five-game gauntlet, like, in late November into December. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, he's going to be tested. Teams are going to know about it. He's not going to sneak up on anybody or anything like that. But, I mean, you know, the guy is, like, the guy is, like, driven to improve. I mean, we see that um, pretty much all the time ever since he's been here. And, like you mentioned, everywhere he's been, you know, in college, he got better from one year to the next. I mean, I think there's still – plenty of um plenty of room for him to get better i mean i wouldn't be surprised if his stats are better than they were last okay, year so you're 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 counting him in as the mvp because he's yeah, the runner-up I mean, last year to get better there's only yeah. one step left to take he's taking down I mean, the hardware huh it's possible i mean uh, i mean i wouldn't rule that out i mean you know, look at look at kansas city i mean who's their top receiver right now travis kelsey i mean yeah. you know it's That's not, the great it, thing about Mahomes when he had from year to year. It's not you yeah. know, Mahomes can beat you in so many different ways. When he had Tyree killed, they would just you know beat you over the top, and now they just beat you going as the Eagles now, just going meticulously down the field. Um, he really is a great quarterback, but you know, number mm-hmm. two is not bad either. Um, mm-hmm. I think if he improves, great. I mean, and I think the potential is there. He's never not improved. So, I, you know, I don't see there's any reason he's not going to improve, but I'm, I'm worried about the the numbers aspect of it because there's yeah, a regression is. to the mean. That's what Jody was saying with the sacks. They might have a better pass rush next year, but they might have 55 sacks. Right. There's right. going to be a regression to the mean. That's probably going to happen. And but here's my only trepidation in predicting or projecting Jalen to get even better than he did last year. Even though you're right, incrementally moving up every single year, getting better all the way from Alabama straight through. He made a bigger jump last year than he ever made before. From right. year to year, progressive improvement to go from the 17th or 18th best quarterback in the NFL to the second best quarterback. That's not a jump. That's a leap. That's mm-hmm. uh, jumping over the Grand Canyon. You don't do that. Quarterbacks just don't do that. So that's why I'm a little scared that he may have taken too big a leap to be able to take another leap on top of it. That's the only point I was trying yeah, to make. God, I hope I'm wrong. Hey, please, please feel free to call me on the carpet after the fact when Jalen comes back and wins the MVP. <laughs> go, Jody, you idiot. Of course he was going to win the MVP. And I'll take it like a man. That, that will yeah. not be a problem because the results will pay off uh, dividends for them. I Here's yeah. what I need out of you, Martin, before we let you run. The NFC this year. Give me the top four teams 
give them to me in order and tell me the difference between each spot. Like one and two are very close, but there's a difference between two and three. And then there's a bigger difference between three and four. One is off by itself. Two, three, and four, you could throw a blanket over. Give me the top four teams in the NFC and how you would uh, describe the difference as you move down the ladder. All right. Um, Well, I mean, I have the Eagles as number one. I mean, I don't see any other NFC team being nearly at their level. I think there's a big gap between the Eagles at number one. Um, Right now at number two, um, I would have a tie between San Francisco and Detroit. But they're, you know, they've got a lot, but there's a big gap between the Eagles and those two teams. I think Detroit and San Francisco are pretty close. I mean, San Francisco, the biggest issue is going to be the quarterback. Um, Even if Brock Purdy is ready for the start of the season, um, which seems like kind of a long shot, but, you know, they've got a really good defense. They've got good weapons. I think, like, they can get by early in the year without a quarterback at full strength. But eventually, you know, Eventually, they'll be a good team. I think they'll have a really good work record. Uh, I think the Lions are one of those ascending teams, maybe like the Eagles were last year. I don't think they're quite at the Eagles level, especially with Jared Goff as the quarterback, but they're definitely trending. And, you know, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in, in the future, but I think they make a pretty big leap uh, next year or this year. And the number four team, I mean, I think it's you're probably, disrespecting a certain team and disrespecting Dallas. Yes, Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree um, with you. I my four teams would be Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, Lions. So I'm right with you, but I can't put okay. the Lions ahead of the Cowboys yet. I think the Lions are going to win their division. Minnesota's going to come back. Um Green Bay obviously doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. Chicago's right. not ready. I, right. I think they're cusp, they're on the cusp of making that run, like you say. But Dallas is a good team, man. I think yeah. Dallas and San Francisco are close, like close. And then Detroit's like a little bit far back. That's the only place I would disagree with you. And, oh, by the way, for those of you who don't think San Francisco's number two. See, I think one and two are close. I, I put the Eagles one. But I think San Francisco's close. Then I see the drop off. Then I think it drops off down to Detroit and Dallas if we're all going to agree on the four teams and the top four teams right now. You made a good point about we don't know about Purdy and his health or whatever. Uh, we we do over analysis of the Eagles schedule. As soon as it comes out, here's where and then everybody agrees. All right, easy early. This gauntlet in the middle of the season, nice yeah. closeout, the Giants who you own and the maybe worst team in the National Football League, Arizona. So it worked out. I think the schedule, uh, knowing all the teams you had to play, I don't think it could have been laid out for the Eagles any better than it was. Get a nice, easy start, build up your confidence, get your new guys in, turn over on the roster, go 6-5-0, same way you did last year, and then get tested, and then be able to do what you got to do in the end because you've got a nice, easy schedule. So I think it went real well for the Eagles early. Here's the opening schedule for the uh, 49ers. Give me W's and L's, even with a questionable quarterback, Martin. At the Bears. 
W. Home Seattle. W. At Denver. W. Home Rams. W. At Carolina. I'll give him a W. At Atlanta. W. Yeah, see, they got the same yeah, thing as the Eagles. They don't here's, the way, they here's the problem. Deep. Here's the problem for uh, Jody's right, but here's the problem for uh, Jody McMahon, who, you know, loves Brock Purdy more than the Purdy family. <laughs> if you're 6 and 0 with Sam Darnold, how do you bench Sam Darnold? Purdy's going to be the opening day starter. Oh, well. Yeah, right, he's right. he's already throwing. He's going to be fine. He'll be their opening day All starter. Right. Brock, uh, yeah. Brock, then Brock Purdy will be if they go 6 and 0, 14 and 0 as a regular season starter. All That's right. a pretty good way to All get right. your career off and the only the only loss attributed to him, he played 9 minutes. All right, and doctor. Then, All right, doctor Job. When did, he get, when did he get hurt? Uh, Brock I'm just giving you the reports out of San Francisco. Now, granted, they're coming out of San Francisco, and they may be a little yeah. optimistic there, but they say Purdy's already throwing and should be good to go for yeah. not not the regular season. Should be able to throw in camp. Now they won't put him out there because they're not quite the Martin Eagles knows, Martin, their players, but Martin, they're not stupid either. Martin covers uh, uh, some baseball as well, so he knows throwing could mean. Softly tossing from you know, <laughs> you know uh, you, you, where you are to your dog, yeah, he's throwing. Um, yeah. but UCL uh surgery that's gonna be kind of difficult. Uh, at M Frank NFL, thanks, Martin. We kept you too long. I, I, I apologize for that. By the way, I saw your new profile picture, DelawareOnline.com. The dog helping you type, I love it. I love that yeah. picture. I love it. Well, you, you can make the case that maybe you should do that more often. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What's your dog's name? Uh, Olive. Olive, please send Olive our regards. Uh, that is Martin Frank from Delaware Online and uh, uh, News Journal as well. Jody Mac, Johnny Mac, the Mac Mac guys here on Birds 365. Uh, I do want to come back and talk about the Cowboys because, yeah, I think Martin underrated them. But I think he's in the he, he's in the minority there. I think people are actually overrating the Cowboys in this offseason. I really do believe it's the Eagles, it's the 49ers, and then there's a pretty damn big drop-off. A lot of people not only think that it's the Cowboys are closer, but that the Cowboys are number two over the 49ers, which I think it's ridiculous. Uh, they did play last year, and the 49ers came to Philadelphia, not Dallas. Uh, so uh, I do want to ask Johnny Mac about where the Cowboys are at this offseason. All right, coming back, Mac and Mac on Birds 365. Jump back in with us. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island 
So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got John McMullen and Jerry McDonald. Together, that's a Mac and Mac combo on Birds 365. We got almost 300 of you guys in uh, tow today. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. Do it now. Do it on your way out. Do it sometime in the near future. You got to give uh, you guys a little bit of a helping hand here with our algorithms. So we appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365. We got another good guest coming. Gary Myers going to join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, longtime NFL writer and author. All right, Johnny Mac, before we went to break, I teased the Cowboys. A lot of people, and when I say a lot of people, well, we'll get Gary Myers' opinion on this too. Martin gave us his top three, uh, top four teams in the NFC and actually put the Lions with the Cowboys or ahead of the Cowboys. I'll give the Cowboys the nod at number three. Um, I do think the 49ers are significantly better than the Cowboys and the Eagles are better, certainly better than the Cowboys as of this point. Um, last year, and you know who underuses this stat? Our buddy, uh, special ed Kratz. Week 18, Cowboys still could potentially catch Eagles. They need to win their game, and the Eagles need to lose their game. We know Jalen came back for the game against the Giants, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the Eagles won, so the Cowboys didn't really have a shot, but they didn't know that going into that game. They got beat and beat badly by the Commanders the last week of the season. Sam Howell-led Commanders kind of ran up the score on the Cowboys. 
now the Cowboys went out and won in the playoffs the next week, beat old man Brady. Um, so it kind of lessened the pain of that week 18 loss that the Cowboys suffered. But they did with the chance to have potentially the best record in the NFC on the line. The Cowboys couldn't stand a field with the commanders. Why are we thinking the Cowboys are actually legit competitors with the Eagles this year? Um, I remember the situation from the Eagles' perspective. I do. I don't remember it that much from the Cowboys. The Cowboys played everybody, right? They oh played, yeah, they, they could catch the Eagles. They're no, I know, in. but there was that mentality of like the Eagles are going to win. Jalen's coming back. The Giants, you know, they dominate the Giants. And it was closer than anybody expected. But the game itself wasn't close. Um, they scored that one sort of. Oh, by uh, the way, touchdown by the yeah. Giants. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, but it, I, I'm never going to put that much emphasis on, on one game. It is the NFL. People get beat all the time. And, uh, you know, Washington beat the Eagles. They were the only team to beat the Eagles with Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback until the Super Bowl. They're the only team. Um, so, and, you know, division rival, all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to put too much emphasis on that one particular game as far as, you know, our, our, the Cowboys tend to be because they're the Cowboys. They tend to be overrated. It, 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 you see it every year. Um, and I, there's certain teams. I say it all the time. Yankees, baseball, Lakers, basketball. Notre Dame, Dallas Cowboys, um, they all tend to be a little bit overrated. Now, sometimes they're really good, and more so re in the recent past, the Yankees and the Lakers. Um, when they're really good, they're really good, and you know, blah, blah, blah. But when they're not, and they're just good, they tend to be graded a little bit better than they should be because of who they are. Um, and that's been the case with the Cowboys. If anything, though, this offseason, and again, it depends on the individual, right? We bring up Chris Sims. Well, he disrespected Dak Prescott a hell of a lot more than Jalen Hurts. I think he had Dak at 13. Um, so it, it always depends on. All right, well, no. No, I got to call a timeout here, and I don't have Sims list in front of me, but I'll do it off memory as best I can. If you and I both have Jalen at three, and he came in at number seven, so we think he's a minimum of four slots lower than he should be, how high would you have Dak? Um, He's a top 10 quarter. He's probably nine or 10, and I'd have to... Um, go down the entire list. It, it, you know, so Sam's, I don't even know his, I assume Mahomes was number one, Burrow two. Well, done the top four, but we know who the top four are, but he hasn't put them in an order yet. Um, so Josh Allen, uh, Herbert. Allen, Herbert, Burrow, and Mahomes haven't been Lawrence. listed yet. So, you know, they're in the top four in yeah. some order. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is ahead of Dak Prescott. Yeah, uh, agreed. So that 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 moves Dak up one. Uh, Dak, uh, 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 Kirk Cousins is twelve. I uh, I'm a Kirk. You're Cousins a big guy. Cousins guy. You you putting Dak ahead of Cousins? Yeah, I would put Dak ahead of Cousins, okay. and I'm a Cousins guy. I there would put are. Dak ahead of of Stafford. I'm a Stafford guy, but especially coming off 
off the season. Last season. After that, it's tough to. Um, I would put Dak over Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson has more talent, um, but he hasn't played. And that when he did come back, there were predictably struggles because of that. And I think it's ludicrous that you would put him above Dak at this point. Now, maybe at the end of the season, we're having a completely different conversation because the guy who, who was playing in Houston at the end before he had all the troubles was probably better, but he's not that guy or he hasn't proven to be that guy to that point. So he's another one. And then Trevor Lawrence, um, again, tremendous uh, potential, but he's not better right now. Um, so right. there's a bunch but, of guys. Oh man, you're gonna make me do this. You're gonna make me defend Chris Sims. Um, <laughs> don't don't want to do this at all. He's projecting. He's I get not, it. He's but, not saying here's what they've accomplished, and we're ranking them as per their accomplishments. He's doing a projection here. Now I disagree with his projections, but I I do comprehend the entire uh, mindset no, behind. I, so it. do I. I, I know he's projected. That's the only way you can have Trevor Lawrence in number six because you're projecting what he's going to be, not what he has done. I get it. But I'm saying there's no way I can make that leap. Now, maybe he turns out we just mentioned Jalen Hurts probably should have been 16, 15, 16 coming in the last season. He made the leap. So maybe Trevor Lawrence can make the leap. Um, maybe. I'm saying, but right now it's hard for me to project that much. Not that it hasn't happened. We just saw it happen. But, you know, guys like Matthew Stafford, you know, I'm 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 on the train. Like Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. You know, we've had this discussion. You know what I felt like Matthew Stafford was a great quarterback in Detroit. Nobody knew it because the organization was the shits. He was a better quarterback in Detroit than he was when he was winning the Super Bowl with the Rams. That's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. I that That's what I believe about Matthew Stafford. He's a descending player now. I don't know what he is, 34, 35. Um, same thing with Cousins. Um, Cousins is a, a, you know, he's a volume guy. He's a tremendous passer. But it is what it is. Um, he's had trouble winning in big spots. A lot of that is because so, he's been on. So has Dak. Yeah, uh, crappy teams. And that knocks Dak down uh, a little bit, to be honest. But, yeah, he's he's a top 10 quarterback. He's probably 9 or 10, but he's a top 10 quarterback. Um, so I only brought that up because, again, it always depends on the person. Like, to me, he's sort of disrespecting, disrespects season, Dak Prescott. Um, but the Cowboys as a whole, you have people that overrate them. I'm sure you have people that underrate them. They're a really good team. Um, it would not surprise me. Like Connor or we were going to have on this week, but he had his, his daughter got ill. I hope she's doing better. Um, you know, one of the reasons I, I wanted to have him on, he did this nice column with a hundred old predictions, one of his bold predictions will uh, uh, give a little giveaway because hopefully we'll get Connor next week is that somebody else is going to win the NFC East because somebody else always wins the NFC East. 
When's the last time we've had a back-to-back, Jody? Back to Andy Reid here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and if somebody else is going to win the NFC East, it's probably going to be the Cowboys. Right. But uh, uh, and uh, when you're going to come up with 100 of these, you got to take a couple shots. <laughs> and I believe Connor's taking a shot there. Uh, I'll take his money if he wants to make a wager on it and go even odds. I'll give him the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Commanders. I'll take the Eagles on a straight-up bet because I think we will have, for the first time in almost two decades, uh, a repeat winner in the NFC East. That's just that's my call. I just think the Cowboys, and I'm going to ask Gary Myers this for sure when we punch him up in just a couple of minutes. Although he wasn't what he used to be, for sure. And he's still sitting out there unemployed. And uh, Jerry Jones is still saying, you know, we still could bring him back. I think they're going to have a tough time replacing what Zeke Elliott gave them. Certainly. Well, what if, I'll say so. this, Jody. Uh, what if they get Dalvin Cook? Because they're one of the teams supposedly um, bearing down on trying to get Dalvin Cook. Uh how would that change your mindset if that, that happened? That would certainly that would put them in San Francisco category with me. That would put them that much closer to the Eagles and maybe yeah. The number here's two my concern about the, the Cowboys, and and if they get Cook, and that's they might not get Cook, but even if they don't, that they, they had two big issues last year, and one was the number two receiver, two glaring issues. And they traded for Brandon Cooks, who's one of those guys. I don't know why he gets keeps getting traded. He keeps getting traded, but he produces. He produces. So they have Brandon Cooks to go along with CD Lamb. And then that when their uh cornerback got injured, they had a real difficult time matching up somebody with Trayvon Diggs. And then they trade for Stefan Gilmore, who he's aging maybe he's not what he once was but that guy can play uh they have they have they have solidified two major major weaknesses and if you add cook to that that's that's a scary team all right do me a favor we're going to take a time out we're going to punch up gary myers in just a second look up pff grades for stefan gilmore last year i think there was I know there was a drop-off, and I'm going to suggest it was pretty precipitous, and I don't know if he gets it turned back around and headed in the right direction just because he joins a better team in Dallas this year. Maybe he does. I would I would I bet. Think, I, I think you're going to be surprised. I would uh, bet. I, I, I haven't looked at it, but I, I would bet the be drop-off continues. From where he was the previous year to what he was last year, he's certainly trending in a direction for me. And we'll see if that can reverse itself or not in Dallas. I, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Maga Mac here on Birds 365, longtime NFL reporter Gary Myers joins us next. Stick around. <clears throat> Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. 
Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go, oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Gary Myers, longtime NFL uh, reporter and NFL author here with us on Bird Street 65. All right, we got to be getting close to this giant book that you're releasing, Gary. Uh, we've had you out a couple times since, and we're we're sneaking up on the release date. How much closer are we to it? Well, I mean, close enough that uh, I got the cover behind me now that you yeah. can see. Uh, September 12th. Nice. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. As I've told you guys. Uh, I think this is the best book I've written and certainly the most important because it, you know, tackles that really crucial subject of life after football for guys who are in their fifties and sixties. And there are just so many compelling stories in this book. Nice. And I love, I, I love the uh, cover there, Gary. It looks tremendous. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, we'll certainly be first in line. Uh, but let's talk about before we get to that. And I want to talk to you about the book. Let's talk about uh, the NFCs today. Um, Jody and I were just going back and forth. Dallas Cowboys, interesting team to me, I think. And you've been around this league. This is how I describe it. Now you have the the great Cowboys, the Landry, Stallback Cowboys, the Jimmy Johnson Cowboys. Those were great, great teams. <clears throat> but America's team, my thesis is, that the Cowboys are usually a little bit more overrated 
In other words, people think they're a little bit better than they are typically because of their reputation, mm -hmm. America's team and all that kind of stuff. I think this is a pretty good team, though, right now. Um, you think they're overrated now or, or, or thought of just where they should be? Well, when you, when you say over, are people picking them for the Super Bowl? You think? Well, there's a lot of people saying, you know, they might win the NFC East uh, over the Eagles. There's a lot of people saying they're a Super Bowl contender. So they're in the mix with the Eagles and 49ers in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, they, you know, annually they are overrated because they are the Cowboys. I think they're underachievers. <laughs> um, I don't trust Dak Prescott to this point in a, in a really big spot um, losing to the 49ers two years in a row in the playoffs. I mean, last year I understood 49ers were a better team the year before he lost to him at home. Um, I heard you guys talking on, in your previous segment about cooks and Gilmore. I mean, Gilmore for a five and cooks for a five and a six. I, I think you have to make, make both those trades considering where their roster was at. They really needed a second corner. I do think Michael Gallup will be better this year than he was last year coming second year back off the ACL. The guys usually are closer to where they were uh, than they are the first year after coming off that surgery. So they might've had the answer right there uh, with, with Gallup, but every team needs three receivers and, and that, that never a bad thing, Gar. Yeah. And I, Joe, I, I don't understand. Like, I heard you guys say also, I think, John, you said it like this guy gets traded every year. It seems yeah, like. I don't get it. I don't get it. He How's produces almost yeah. every year and he gets traded yeah. every year. Yeah. And the value keeps going down. I mean, the guy was a first round pick. He gets traded to the Patriots. I think it was for a one. Uh, and then he's just bounced around ever since. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me. He's a quality player. Um more of a short. Usually get Gary real quick. Usually mm -hmm. when that happens, it's a bad guy. All indications. He yeah. gets a he's a decent guy, good, good teammate. You know, yeah. it's the weirdest thing ever. And he keeps producing and keeps getting traded. You know, my my issue with the Cowboys, John, really is not necessarily their personnel, it's the coaching. Uh Mike McCarthy is now going to be the play caller. Now, I was not crazy about Kellen Moore, even though they always put up great numbers. Um, but McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers really clashed towards the end in Green Bay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of it had to do over the play calling, I believe. And, and now after not doing it for, what is McCarthy's fourth year in Dallas now? I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think, yeah the pandemic, I think, was his first year. Yeah. Right. Um, so now after being away from calling plays since his last year in Green Bay, which was 2018, you know, are we, are we thinking that was the missing piece to, you know, getting the Cowboys over the, to the next level? I, I don't know. I, I'm not crazy about McCarthy as a head coach, either as a game manager and now going back to being a play caller. Mm. I do know that I have more confidence in Dan Quinn and their defense than I do in McCarthy and their offense, although – you have to go back to that Super Bowl where it was Dan Quinn's defense that blew that 20 yeah, yeah, Super Bowl. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think going into the training camp, at least, and things can change so much over the summer with one key injury. But, you know, the Eagles are clearly the best team in the division. Um, I think Washington is clearly last. But this has been a division that over the years um, – you can kind of put a blanket over it and shake it up or whatever. And 
pull somebody out and it could be any of the four teams. Um, I think the giants will be better than, you know, just watching them play against the Eagles in the, in the playoffs last year. You can't say that they've closed the gap <clears throat> enough that they're going to beat them in a similar situation, but, uh, the Giants could be better this year, but not have as good a record. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about the yeah, Giants. The, record, the schedule is much tougher. Yeah, I think they are going to be better, but they're not going to win as much. And that's yeah. always a, yeah. um, a difference. I mean, obviously, they, guys, obviously, they've put all their faith in Daniel Jones. I thought he made major improvements last year, but 15 touchdown passes. Now, you can, you can say that's a function of – not having the weapons, and that's partly true. But is that just who he is? He was actually – he throws a really nice ball, and he's very dangerous with his legs. I mean, I think he's one of the better running quarterbacks in the league. And now, you know, with Darren Waller, and they drafted Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt in the third round from Tennessee, <clears throat> he's got Tyreek Hill-type speed. Whether he's that kind of player, we'll find out. But, you know, he was drafted higher than Hill was. So maybe he turns out to be the kind of player, and they hit the jackpot on that. But they, they do have an issue with, with Barkley. He does not want to play in the franchise tag. They're coming into the last month of either he takes it um, or he holds out. And, and if uh, once they get past, I think it's July 17, something like that, they can't yeah. sign him to a long-term, long-term contract. I know the Giants would like to sign him, but now their offer is, is what I've heard is less than it was at the trading at the trading deadline last year, so it seems to be going backwards and further away from a deal. But you know, this is a deadline league, and nothing happens until it has to happen. And so we'll see what happens there. Well, keep an eye on the Giants' running game. Since you brought up running game, I guess I'm going backwards to the Cowboys. I know he rushed for under four yards per carry last year, first time ever in his career. But I think the Cowboys are going to miss Ezekiel Elliott. He did score 12 touchdowns. There, there is an art to that inside the 10, the ability to get inside the end zone. He's pretty damn good at it last year, and you're subtracting 12 touchdowns. Now, Pollard's a stud, and they gave him the franchise tag and uh, made sure that he stayed so they could move away from Zeke. Ronald Jones, uh, Vaughn, the kid they took in what the fifth or sixth round, the coach's son who made the yeah. team. I like it's him, but son, yeah. yeah. I think his game is a lot like Pollard's. He's not a between the tackles, no, driving he's, he's a little guy, too. Kind of guy. Yeah. yeah, he's a small guy. Um, I mean, you can't completely rule out the possibility of them bringing him back on a minimum contract. I'm talking about Zeke. Um, there's been no indication to this point that that's what the Cowboys want to do. But despite Zeke having a wish list of teams that he would sign with, nobody <laughs> stepped up to sign him. No. Yeah. So, well, you know, it comes right down to it. It could be a matter of the Cowboys feeling a little desperate of getting a proven running back. Ronald Jones has bounced around a bunch. Uh, I don't know how durable Pollard's going to be as, as the main, as the number one running back. And, and you're right. I mean, scoring touchdowns from inside the two is an art. A lot of teams have problems with it. Um, and there is something to say, even if that's all he does. I mean, there's been players in this league who have been used as a specialty back on short yardage and then goal line situations. So maybe now I, I saw Elliot play a bunch last year. I'm sure you guys did too. Without question, he didn't lose one step. He lost two, and um, he cannot be an every down back anymore. I mean, he just had so many carries and so many hits over the years that. 
he got worn out. That's why investing in running backs has become something teams don't want to do because yeah. his life is so short. But I think he can still be a useful player in specialty situations. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, scary, obviously, uh, and deservedly so, are still considered uh, the front runners uh, in the NFC. But there's been a lot of change, especially defensively. And also with the coaching staff, I think, you know, that continuity of Nick yeah. Sirianni's first year to his second year, now you don't have that anymore. You you lost both coordinators. They lost uh, uh, the secondary coach. They lost the linebackers coach. They have six new starters on defense projected. Um, that's a lot of And change. they're all from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> well, that part's not bad. Yeah, no, if it's Jalen Carter, yeah, yeah, uh, that part's not bad. Nicobe Dean, tremendous potential, but that's what it is potential. He played 34 reps last year on the defensive yeah. side of the football. I was surprised they didn't get him on the defense on defense more, yeah, last year. I mean, he, um, yeah, but the, the change, and you've been around this league a very long time. Jim Schwartz used to call it. Uh, startup costs. I use that term because I love that term. There's startup cost everything in this league, and there's generally some hiccups when you have that much change. Is it fair to say, ah, it's going to be fine? Well, I look at it like this. In the pre-free agency days, I think that was true because there was so much continuity overall. So if you lost a couple of coaches, yeah. then – you know, it became a real problem. Now, there's so much turnover in personnel on every team on a year-to-year -year basis that I think sometimes it takes three or four games, even if the coaching staff is intact, before you know who you are, before there's continuity with the new players. Now, obviously, throwing new coordinators into this mix, especially on defense, where you said there's six new starters, creates, you know, more of a learning process and a getting to know you process. But I, I didn't look at either the, any of those coordinators as saying, geez, you know, they, they just lost Belichick. Like when the giants did as a coordinator or, you know, buddy Ryan just left Chicago and now their defense was totally changing. I mean, those were good coaches, but it's not like I looked at the Eagles and said, you know, they have an unbelievable coaching staff that if you break them up, they're not going to survive. Now, you guys are closer to it than me, so you might disagree, but um, I don't think those were irreplaceable coaches. All right. Well, and I'm going to put you to test on those guys. Under, over, comparison. Eagle wins this year versus wins by the two coaches they lost <laughs> combined. Colts and Cardinals together versus Eagles. Who wins more? Well, the Colts could have the first two picks in the draft next year. Yeah. Right? Uh, are the Colts the other team? Uh, the Cardinals, I'm saying. Did I say the Cardinals. Colts? Yeah, the Cardinals. But do the Colts also have two high ones? There's another team that is going to have potentially two really high ones next year. Uh, I can't remember who else traded down. Um, no, the Colts just stayed where they were and took Richard. Yeah, somebody yeah. else. Somebody else has somebody else's. Well, whatever. To answer your question, um, no, the Eagles will have. You might be able to multiply 
Cardinal. <laughs> the Eagles total. I mean, four times three is 12, and the Eagles could win 13. <laughs> so. Colts get four, and uh, the Cardinals get two. That's eight. The Eagles get yeah. nine, no problem. There you go. Now, now that's four times three, Jody, 12, that's... Eagles got to win 13. Now right. you got yourself a race. So Now, <laughs> that should be your question now to future guests, not add it together. I just say when Myers was on, he said, multiply it. Multiply it. Now, <laughs> I do think, you know, people, I, I don't know where this ship, well, I do know where it shifted, Gary. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, if you remember a couple of years ago, the Cardinal, I think they got off to a 9-0 and start. He was the, mm-hmm. um, the, the toast of the league, the next superstar quarterback. And now I feel like, and he's coming off a torn ACL. Don't yeah. even know when he's going to be back. Exactly. But I, I feel like people are sleeping on him. He is uh, – there's some issues. We know this. But he makes plays when he's out there. And I think he's the kind of guy who, if he's healthy, he's going to win games. He's going to pull a you-know-what out of his you-know-what and win a game here and there. And I don't know. What happened? We, we Everyone thought Kyler was going to be – a star quarterback, he signs the big contract. Yes, the injury is a concern, but guy makes plays. Yeah, but I think it's been trending downwards for him since they lost that playoff game to the Rams a couple of years ago where he was just god-awful. Um, and then I, I don't remember if it was two years ago with his new contract and they wanted to put that study hall clause yeah, in there. Yeah, that was last year, yeah. yeah. That was, yeah, and I think that – sent a message around the league that this guy's not a hard worker or a hard studier, even if they tried to say that wasn't their intent and then they took the clause out. So you start developing a reputation like that. And then, you know, he and Kingsbury were supposed to have a special relationship and it looked like that soured. Kingsbury gets fired. Uh, the Cardinals have a bad season and Murray gets hurt towards the end. And like you said, we don't even know when he's, if he's going to be back this year. They might have a whole season with uh, Colt McCoy for all we know. Um, they're going to be really bad. The, the Cardinals are going to be really bad. J.J. Uh, Watt is gone, so there goes leadership. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. There goes a playmaker. I Buda mean, Baker I, I, I doesn't really want to be there. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where their wins are coming from. I haven't studied there. You know, they play in a in – a, in a division where you know you have one really good team in the 49ers, um, Seattle's definitely getting better. They made the playoffs last year. I think the Rams, you know, are kind of in a rebuilding stage. But, um, yeah, I don't look for much from the Cardinals. And um, and I'd say the same thing about the Colts. At least with the Colts, you say, you know, they have a what potentially is a really good, exciting young quarterback in Anthony Richardson who is getting a lot of praise for his leadership in, in the off season. And I think they'll probably play him right away and, and, and try to get the, you know, the bumps in the road out of the way early and, you know, they'll have a bad season. They won't win a lot of games, but at least if they can start to develop him, then you say, all right, you know, things are looking good going forward with Kyle Murray. Even when he gets back, you're saying, well, the last time he played, he wasn't very good. You know, so where are you going from there? He really wasn't. Um, and oh, by the way, I think Seattle can be a top four team in the NFC this year. Uh, We had uh, Martin Frank on earlier. He liked the Lions. He put the Lions with the Cowboys, as a matter of fact. I think Seattle's got a better chance than Detroit to take that jump up. The Lions are very trendy pick this year. 
Yeah. Very trendy. A little bit. Well, I think it has to do with the division. Minnesota's coming down. Green Bay lost Rodgers. Chicago's not ready. Somebody's got to win that division. Yeah, and the Lions finished up strong last year. Yeah. You yeah. know, on top of that. And you're right, the division. Um, you know, Minnesota might have one more run in them, in, which I think is going to be uh, Kirk Cousins last year, unless you can get them deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I don't understand the Dalvin Cook stuff. I heard you guys talking about that earlier also. I mean, why? I know – it's, it probably centers around money, but to me, he's still a really good running back. He is. He is. And, That's one of those things where Jody and I were talking about it uh, yesterday, Gary. You go from old school general manager Rick Spielman to new school Quesi uh, Odopa Mensa, and they don't want to pay the position. And he pigeonholed himself early in the process. He re signed Madison to starting running back money. Yeah. Now he's got no leverage. You either got to release them or, or yeah, that, that's, you know, I think that's a, a mistake. A lot of young GMs make in this league is, you know, they, well, it's, it's the um, Harvardization of sports. Yes. <laughs> right. You bring, I think these, he's a Harvard guy. He's a, he's a, he's an Ivy league guy. I think it's Harvard, but. Yeah, I'm not sure, but just in general, it's ruined baseball, and it could ruin football. <laughs> just, I'm with you on baseball. Yeah, I mean, instead of like, – uh, uh, one of the great things that Parcells always said, and I can quote him forever because he was just full of them, but full of them, not full of it. Um, it I go by what I see. Yeah. And what I saw out of Dalvin Cook last year was still running back that, um, that you're wanting your team if you want to make um, – you know, a deep run into the playoffs. But right. the analytics tells you not to pay a running back after he's been in the league a few years, and and it's an interchangeable position. Yeah. I think the Shanahan's have had a lot to do with that because Mike was able to plug anybody into Denver and get 1,500 yeah. out of it, and, and yeah. Kyle's kind of done the same thing. Although Kyle kind of went off track there but because they gave yeah, up yeah, a lot. Christian. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Question's from Princeton, by the way. I want to give Princeton love. He's a Princeton. Princeton okay, guy. Ivy yeah. League, but uh, in yeah. Jersey rather than up in Massachusetts. Yeah. All right. Got a text uh, while we were talking uh, from uh, Gardner Minshew said, tell Gary Myers, I haven't taken a dump all off season. I'm not doing uh, number two to go to Indianapolis. That was uh, a great quote gonna, from Gardner. Going to keep uh, that uh, Richardson wait, guy on the bench. Run, the, uh, run that by me again. He, Gardner Minshew said what? Yeah, you might not know it. Oh, um, that is a great quote. Uh, I give it to him, John. Um, but that, when when Jacksonville drafted Trevor Lawrence, um, obviously it was clear Trevor Lawrence was right. going to be the number one quarterback. But Gardner's a very competitive uh, guy, yeah. very, and he said, um, "I don't take dumps anymore because <laughs> he didn't want to hear the number two. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> That nope. and and a very competitive guy. Remember when he beat the Jets? Uh, Jalen Hurts was hurt. Yeah, uh, I remember in twenty twenty one. He played very well. He went into Nick Sirianni's office the next day. What do I have to do to win the starting job? And Nick was like, eh, settle <laughs> no, settle "Not happening. Yeah. Go take a number two. But I thought you'd get a kick out of it. Yeah, well, at least John got a kick out of it. Guy didn't know the joke behind it. So uh, sorry, right, Joe. My bad. All right. Uh, <laughs> question number one is what I got to ask you about, Mr. Myers. Someone asked me the other day, is Aaron Rodgers going to be Brett Favre 2.0 for the Jets? It was one of my Jet fan buddies. 
And I specifically said no for one reason and one reason only. What's that? It seems to me like, and you tell me if I'm wrong because you're up there, New York papers, New York television stations every single day, but uh, from here in South Jersey, it seems like Aaron Rodgers is committed to the Jets, that he really wants to win, that he chose the Jets as much as the Jets chose him and showing up for OTAs, something he didn't be bothered with when he was up in Green Bay. Brett Favre knew he was coming to the Jets for one year and he was going to get the hell out and go to Minnesota. That's where he really wanted to be. That's where he wanted to go. Favre seems committed to uh, Favre. Rodgers seems committed to the Jets, and that's why I have more optimism over Aaron Rodgers with the Jets than I did with Favre with the Jets. Do I just have jet-colored glasses on? No, I think you're right. Not only has Rodgers gone to the OTAs, he went to two Taylor Swift concerts at MetLife Yeah, uh, yeah. how about that? Plus Nick and Ranger games. Um, When the Jets got Favre in 2008, the Packers thought they were trading him to Siberia which is basically what it was. They were not going to trade him within the NFC. It came down to the two teams that made offers were the Bucks and, and the Jets. And, and Brett wanted to go to Minnesota, but there was no way they were doing that. Then he, he said, okay, I'll go to Tampa. And they said, nah, we're going to trade you to the Jets. What people forget is the Jets were eight and three with Favre. Yeah, and they had the just come off back-to-back victories on the road in New England and Tennessee, when the Titans, I think, were undefeated at the time. Um, so they were 8-3, and three, and it looked like good things were about to happen. And then Brett hurt his arm. We were never told about it. I'm not sure how much the coaches knew about it to, until the end of the season. He wanted to keep his consecutive game streak alive, uh, wound up having surgery after the year. Uh, the Jets finished 9-7, and seven, and he was out of here. He retired and then signed with the, the Vikings. You know – there was a clause in that contract in the, in the trade agreement when uh, the Packers sent Favre to the Jets that if the Jets turned around as the middleman and then traded him to Minnesota, the Jets would have had to give Green Bay, I think it was either two or three number one picks. <laughs> so it was quite a poison pill that prevented them yeah. from trading him to the Vikings. <clears throat> Rodgers definitely wants to be here. The Jets were desperate to have him because of the Zach Wilson disaster. Um I, I think this will work as long as he stays healthy. He is totally committed to the organization. Um, he is re-energized, even though it's only OTAs. There's a buzz around the building, strictly because he's there. Uh, he's doing a really good job um, integrating himself in the locker room, going to games with different teammates to get to know everybody. He's like, he's like I mean, if you're going to, Embrace a new city um, and want to get into the culture of a city. There's no better place to come to than New York, especially after you spent all those years in Green Bay. And I mean, he loves it. And the yeah. fans love him. But with the, you know, they open Monday night against the Bills. If he throws an end zone interception with the Jets down by four uh, in the last few <laughs> seconds of the game, everything, all bets are off. You had to go there. Well, right now, is I know how you feel about them, Joe. Um, right now is a very prolonged honeymoon period. Um, he's made a commitment here in the offseason to be around his teammates. He knows the offense because he and Nate Hackett basically um, yeah. came up with that offense. In Green the Bay. happiest guy in the world, Nate Hackett. He oh, I know. Sit in the corner. And <laughs> uh, yeah, really. Just let um, Aaron drive the car. 
Yeah, and, and I, I think eventually it will help Zach Wilson, whether it's it pays off for the Jets or not, I don't know. Uh, by the time – I think Rodgers will stay here for two years and, and maybe longer if if he's healthy and they're winning. I mean, he can be Brady. As long as it's not one. If he walks away after one, I may well, have to turn him. Well, how about, how about this is it's the worst-case scenario for the Jets? And, you know, as Jet fans, you guys always think worst case. Of so course. People, Why not 50 years? So they got to get – first of all, they flip ones, which might have hurt them, even though they say they weren't going to take – it was a Broderick Jones from Georgia. Oh, they, uh, perfectly fine. They got a guy named McDonald. He's going to turn into a okay, star. Yeah, mark well, mark it down. Yeah. But the clause for next year, it's uh, it's a two that goes to one if he pays plays sixty five percent. So imagine this: Rogers plays sixty nine percent. The Jets are seven and ten, and he retires. Oh. And the two still goes to a one. You got uh, you got they're, Jody looking towards the skies, looking for that other shoe to drop. They're, the they're too good to be seven and ten. They're not going to be. Seven well, you would 10. think so, but I'm just saying if he barely passes the threshold of the sixty five percent, the Jets don't make the playoffs. All right. Well, what could happen, and it's a legit, you get to that sixty some odd percent, the number is achieved. Oh, and then he breaks his leg. And then Zach Wilson comes in. They're seven and four on the way to seven and ten because Zach comes in at that point. Yeah, that could happen. That that's <laughs> typical Jets. Uh, yeah, you've been yeah, following. I get that. You've been following this team for too long. <laughs> yes, I have. All right, so uh, Gary, one more Eagle question before we let you run, and we appreciate you hopping on board. Last year, fourteen and three, tied in the Super Bowl with ten seconds to go. If they're going to improve on that, it's pretty damn hard. That's high aspirations. How does Nick Sirianni manage that in the locker room with the guys who were there? The new guys are going to come in. They're going to be hungry. The dogs will be fine because they're used to winning championships. So their level is high. They they had to win a championship to improve on the previous year. Oh, they did that. So uh, they, they certainly know what's ahead of them. What is the mantra of Nick Sirianni coming into the year? Just be the best that you can be and let the chips fall where they may? Because yeah. there are some Eagle fans that are setting the expectations higher than that. Yeah, I, I think what he should do is say, you know, we were this close last year. Let's finish it off. Um, I, I think it not only is it hard for a Super Bowl champion to repeat, but if you look at the history of Super Bowl losers getting back to the Super Bowl the next year, it's, it obviously has happened. I mean, Buffalo did it three years in a row. They got back after they lost. Um, and there have been other teams that have done it. But it's not like an automatic that you get to pick up where you left off. Because I think psychologically, and especially as close as the Eagles came to winning that game, I think emotionally and psychologically you go, oh, I, we expended so much energy and so many things had to break right, including Brock Purdy, you know, basically his elbow falling off in the championship game For, to even get to that point where they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Can we get geared back up to, to work hard enough to get to that spot? And I, I think that's the hardest thing for coaches to convince their players of. Yes, it's worth it. Look how close we came and we didn't get the ring. Of course we had a great season, but it was the hardest loss any team has is losing in the Super Bowl, especially, you know, teams get blown out in the Super Bowl. Ah, we didn't have a chance in that game. We were just outclassed. Yeah. But yeah. they stood toe-to-toe. -to -toe. They, they, the, the quarterback outplayed, 
Hurts outplayed Mahomes in that game. It was a terrible pass interference call, defensive holding, whatever it was, um, that cost him a chance to get that game into OT. Um, I think it's. I think that's his biggest job right now is convincing the players. Let's finish it off, and we got to put forth the same effort that we did last year just to get back to that point of putting us in a position to win it that we couldn't do last year. And I think that's his biggest challenge. And, and again, if you look year by year at the teams that have lost the Super Bowl, there aren't that many that get back the next year with a chance to win it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's difficult. The human nature aspect of yeah, it. You're absolutely. correct, Gary. At Gary Myers NY. Make sure you follow uh, Gary on Twitter. Amazon.com to get Once a Giant, a story of victory, tragedy, and life after football. The great, what, 86 team, right, Gary? Yeah, uh, I, John, I just want to say this. I know you have a lot of Eagle fans, obviously, watching this. And I don't want them to look at it and say, ah, I don't want to read about the Giants. And I understand that to a certain extent. But this book really transcends the Giants. I just use this team because I wanted to focus on one team. And this was such a popular team in New York and had so many big names. But I really use this team to tell the story of what happens to players in the 50s and 60s. So I just as easily could have used the 86 Eagles or the 85 Eagles or the 85 Bears or whatever. I chose this team because, you know, I live in New York. I know all these guys. It was a very popular team, and it was exactly the age group I wanted to write about. But the stories in here, while they might be unique to each individual, players around the league on every team from that era are facing the same issues and have experienced the same issues. So where I'm talking about Taylor and Sims and Burt and Bavaro and Parcells and Belichick, et cetera, it very easily could be, you know, name all the players from the 86 Eagles, and they would have very similar stories to tell. So if you're interested in what I think is the most important issue facing players of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, which is what is their life going to be like in the 50s and 60s, this book really tells you what you need to know about that. And there are just there are heartwarming stories in here, and there are heartbreaking stories in here. Gary, very much looking forward to reading it. We're looking forward to having you back on in a couple of months. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Always a pleasure, bud. Thanks. Yeah, it's always fun with you guys. Take care. Thanks, Gary. Gary. Myers here with us on Birds 365. All right, running late. Come back. Go put a bow on the show. Wrap up this edition of Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods.
and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, welcome back, guys. Got ready to wrap this puppy up. John McMullen, have you received the all-important text to tell you what's going to happen when you get to Eagle Central at 12.55 this afternoon? Uh, yes, uh, Eagles are indoors. Uh, they are going to practice in the bubble. Going to be a tight fit for everyone, uh, including reporters. Uh, so they're inside. The Giants, by the way, canceled their OTA practice. Um, also, Dalvin Cook officially uh, getting released. Uh, four straight 1,000-yard seasons, 52 career touchdowns, 27 years old, but analytics. Uh, so Dalvin Cook is going to be free for most likely Dallas or Miami to go get. Um, so that could be something to keep an eye on. No, it's not going to be the Eagles, Eagles fans. But uh, Eagles are inside um, Dalvin Cook released well uh, I'll, I'll take a quasi victory lap on that one because i took too many calls on w Ooh, a trade for dalvin cook let's trade for dalvin cook. i said you don't have to trade for dalvin cook. listen here are the three potential scenarios most likely dalvin cook gets cut second most likely dalvin cook stays with the vikings third most likely somebody's going to give up something for a dalvin cook so if you're the if you're trying to coincide Convince Howie Roseman to give up something for Dalvin Cook. He's not listening to you. He's not taking your call. He's not giving up anything to get a running back. He'll wait till Dalvin Cook gets released. And that's exactly what, as John says, uh, the Vikings have done. All right. Uh, good luck over there today. Who are you going to, you don't have to worry about standing behind anybody because there's no sun. Um, who will you be separating from in your Eagles? Uh, it's going to be tough to separate from anybody. Right, you're going to be sardined in, the... in there. So, yeah, who, who do all... you need next to you? To we're all nestled in the uh, nestled in the corner uh, of the of the Care Complex bubble, uh, trying to get uh, one unfettered photo. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it works out. Good luck, photo boy. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, we will be back. McMullen will be back with a ton of information. Maybe who on the Eagles beat has bad breath because they're all going to be so close together in the bubble today. But we'll have plenty of info for you tomorrow right here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.